Happy Mother's Day, moms. Happy Mother's Day. Let's just admit it, okay? Here's my favorite Mother's Day card uh, front. It's, it's not easy being a mother if it were. Fathers would do it. That's, that's right. Is that right? All the men say amen. Amen. Okay, just, just don't get in trouble. My name's Tim. Welcome all our campuses. I'm the senior pastor here. Had rotator cuff surgery last week, so uh, healing up. Um, it's a result of my um, mixed martial arts career that I used to have. Um, and I'm just going to make up something new every week because I'm tired of having the same old story. Uh, we celebrate Mother's Day and we honor you moms. And we know that, I mean, like as a dude, I just got to tell you, we get it. Um, maybe not all the way, but we get it. Like, for example, here are things that you'd never hear your mom say. Your dad probably would. Like, how could you possibly see the TV sitting so far back, right? How about, yeah, I used to skip school too. Your, mom, your mom's not going to say that. Moms don't say this. Let me smell that shirt. Yeah, that's good for another week, okay? Go ahead and keep that stray dog, honey. I'll be glad to feed it and walk it and take it, right? This is not what moms do. Well, if Timmy's mom says it's okay, it's good enough for me. I don't think so. Curfew, it's just a general time to shoot for. Come on, it's not like I'm running a prison around here. I don't have a tissue with me. Just use your sleep. Moms don't say that stuff. Moms, you, you are the important ones around, and we understand that. We understand that motherhood is probably the hardest job in the world. We, we wouldn't trade places with you if we, if we could because we know what it takes. And I just need to say up front that I know that Mother's Day... As much as we want to honor our moms, and I hope that you can, I know that Mother's Day is hard. I know that Mother's Day is hard for many people. Maybe your mom is gone and you miss her. Maybe you are a mom and you've lost a child along the way. And this is a super painful time for you. Maybe you had a mom and she was a mess. Maybe you didn't know your mom. Maybe, uh, you know, on and on and on and on. I, there's so many things. Where I'm glad that you're here and we want to honor you. And at the same time, we, wanna, we want you to understand that we know that it's not all perfect and fun and easy. I now have uh, two daughters that are moms and I'm watching their, you know, experience. And my oldest daughter just had a baby three weeks ago and he's colicky and not sleeping. At the same time, the two and a half year old is cutting his molars and, you know, whiny and not sleeping and you know I mean now I'm experiencing it from this side we want to honor you but we also know that um, some of you would have liked to have been moms would like to have been parents and that didn't happen for one reason or another that's why we decided to, to hit on a, a, a supernatural thing that happened in the Bible we're doing this stranger things series and it's one that had to do with a woman who couldn't have a baby couldn't, couldn't, couldn't have a child and wanted to, and God supernaturally came through. But we're going to talk honestly about it, okay? Uh, and then my wife, Denise, is going to come at the end and, uh, and, and kind of wrap things up. Let me just tell you about Hannah. Um, the story of Hannah, again, supernatural thing in, in, this, in, the, in the Bible. Back then, if you think not being able to have a child today is hard, and I know that it is, but back then, women didn't really have a whole lot of other things that went on in their life. Um, they, didn't, they couldn't work. They couldn't do other things. They weren't valued like they should have been. So having a baby was a super important deal, okay? And she couldn't have one. Hannah couldn't have one. And her husband was clueless. I just got to read this because um, this is for all the guys out there. Elkanah, her husband, would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than 10 sons? Women, raise your hand if you think that was a good answer. Okay. 
All the guys are like, oh, that, that was pretty sweet. I think it was just sweet. No, no, this is not good, okay? She's got a deep need. It reminds me of the old rich guy who married a 25-year-old swimsuit model. And he said, honey, if I lost all my money, would you still love me? And she said, of course I'd still love you. I'd miss you, but I'd still love you, okay? We, we can't fill up their needs. So year after year, they tried to have a baby. It wasn't working. It wasn't working. So one day, Hannah makes a vow to God. She makes a deal with God. Oh, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. She makes a deal with God. You've all done it. How many Cub fans made a deal with God last year during the World Series, right? Please just get right. I mean, that's what she's doing. And the deal that she's making with God is, God, if you will give me a son, I will dedicate him to your work. Meaning when he's four or five, he will go live at the temple and he will become a priest. He will become a prophet. If you give it, that's the deal that she made. And, and long story short, you're going to hear the rest of it. The supernatural thing is that Samuel shows up and becomes one of the greatest prophets in Israel's history. But, but here's what happened. Here's some things I want you to learn from Hannah along the way. For one thing, Hannah worshiped God faithfully. Moms, let me just talk to you, all right? Year after year, they went up from his town, her husband's town, to, to worship and sacrifice to the Lord God Almighty. Worship and sacrifice to the Lord God Almighty. He was supposed to go. He was required to go. The women weren't required to go. So she's a woman of faith. She's a woman who worshiped regularly. We, we get a, a, a glimpse into her life even more uh, later on. It says, Hannah prayed and said, I mean, this is her heart. My heart rejoices in the Lord. I mean, she's got these needs, but she says, my heart rejoices in the Lord. There's no one holy like the Lord. There's no one beside you. There is no rock beside our God, like our God. Moms, worship God. Your faith gets passed on a lot through you. Dads, that doesn't mean it's not your responsibility because you have a huge part of this. But moms, a lot of it's going to come through you no matter what. Paul said this of, of his uh, protege, Timothy. He said, I've been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice, and now I am convinced lives in you also. This was true for me. I had Christian parents, and my dad was a big part of passing on the faith. But mom had that, you know, she was the one that said, this is what we're going to do. Worship is going to be a priority. We had Sunday night church when, when I was growing up. Anybody grow up with Sunday night church? Just, just such a dumb idea, right? I, I, I never saw the beginning of the Wizard of Oz when I was growing up. You know what I'm saying? Because they always showed it on Sunday night. And young people, this is before like we could rent a movie, okay? They showed it on Sunday night, and I never got there because we had Sunday night church. I didn't know there was a tornado until I was like in high school. I had no idea. I always got there about the same time as those flying monkeys. Didn't you hate the flying monkeys? That's when I got there. I was like, what's going on? This is because my mom said, this is what you're going to do. You're going to go to the youth group. You're going to go to the kids program. You're going to go to church. When we go to church, it's going to be a priority. And moms, I want to encourage you in the same thing. Hannah did that, raised up a great man of God. And if you want to do that, it's got to be a priority for you. And your bulletins couple of opportunities for you to jump in. Safe families. 
is a way for us to kind of do a, a, a foster care kind of a thing. Uh, we've got some friends that are doing it right now. Take in some kids who are coming from a, a troubled family situation that are young that you can bring into your family and help take care of. We've got some of them in here, some, a lot of them in our church. What would it be like for your family if all of a sudden you had this little one come in and you help take care of them for a while and you love them? And you see that priority of worship? And hey, I, I know we hit this already, but we really need help in the kids' department. And how cool would it be if you had like teenagers or, or, old, or kids that were old enough to sign up together? Ha, guys, how about if you got your whole family and sign up to do four weekends out of a, four, four times out of the summer, sign up for SOS and go help us in kids' ministry? We added a whole new campus, and we have a whole bunch of new people, and we've got to figure out whether the kids' rooms are, are filled to capacity and we need more help. This would be a great, easy way. My wife, that you'll meet in a second, she's a grandmother and a mother, and none of her family goes here. They all moved away from us for, you know, whatever reason. We're not bitter about it. They're all gone, Okay. <laughs> But she works on Saturday night in the kids' program, and she's getting ready to volunteer on Sunday morning in the kids' program because she knows they need it. She's not teaching her own kids. She's teaching your kids. So why not? Why not volunteer? Worship is a, is a priority. It's important. The second thing was that she had deep needs, and she prayed about them. All right? She just, she just took them to God. And listen to this. In bitterness of soul, Hannah wept much and prayed to the Lord. This is where we start to get honest, okay? We can, we can do Mother's Day and we can talk about how great it is to be a mom and how much we want to honor you, but motherhood and being a human being, period, brings bitterness of soul and weeping. So what did she do with it? She prayed. Matter of fact, Scripture tells us that she prayed so intently when she was at the tabernacle that when she was praying, the priest saw her and thought she was drunk. Like literally came up and like, well, ma'am, are you okay? And she was praying so intently. And that was her first encounter with Eli the priest. What kind of an example do you set? My wife is a great example of that faith and taking our needs to God. She's going to talk about that a little bit. Do, you, do your kids know about your faith? Do they see what's going on? But, but here's the even more important part to me. It's the last thing I'll say. Hannah left her heartache in God's hands. It's okay to be honest with your, with your doubts and your hurts and your bitterness of soul. But look at this. May your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went away and ate something and her face was no longer downcast. She literally left it there. We're going to show you a video interview um, that I did with, uh, that my wife and I did with a couple of our staff who both dealt with infertility. Um, for one of them, for Richie and Debbie, our campus pastor at Linux campus, a miraculous thing happened. They, 14 years, tried everything to have a kid. Um, then he took a drastic cut in pay and came on our church staff. And uh, Daisy was born not too long after that. God just kind of saying, oh, here you go. Ha ha, I'll show you. And um, it's beautiful, wonderful miracle. And no, if you're trying to have babies, I'm not going to hire you. Um, and... <clears throat> um, the second couple is Zach and Tina. Tina, uh, Tina's brother is my son-in-law. So my middle daughter is Lauren. She's married to Tommy, and Tommy and Tina are sisters. Uh, my oldest daughter, Rachel, and Tina 
uh, were really good friends in high school also. So the, the Carreras family and us have been tied together. We're, we're, we're not really related, but we are. I call Henry my grandson-in-law, and uh, they have adopted. So this is the story of their disappointment and how they dealt with it through this time. Hey, this is probably as quiet as it's going to be in this whole time for whatever reason. Henry, come here. Come here. Come here. Sit in my lap. Come here. Sit in my lap. Tell everybody hi. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. <laughs> Daisy's here. You're going to bring me the balls. Good job, man. Good job. Come over here. And say hi to everybody. This is my, this is, uh, my grandson-in-law. I call him, you know, Henry. And uh, his mom, Tina, and Zach, uh, his mom, Tina, and his dad, Zach, are here. And then a lot of you know uh, Richie and Debbie. Some of you are from that campus. And uh, baby Daisy. And the reason baby. we invited them, that's why I'm going to call her that. I'm going to call you that forever, right? <laughs> I'm going to call baby Daisy that for uh, Come and sit on my lap, baby Daisy. Come and sit on my lap. So the reason I invited them all here, and I wanted the kids running around for the reality of the whole thing, the reason is because we're talking today about, um, you know, this, this whole idea with Hannah, and uh, she, was, she was not able to have kids, and um, that's kind of the situation you guys both came from, so... Well, how about, first of all, you guys just share your story a little bit and your journey. And let's start with Zach and Tina down there, and you all share first. After over a year of trying to start our family, we were pretty worried that something might be wrong. Um, so we did the whole, you know, the whole thing, doctor's appointments, figuring out everything that was wrong, and we found out um, that it would be pretty challenging for us to get pregnant. So early in, I guess it would be 2014, is when we um, we felt really called to adoption as something that we'd thought about. We'd always talked about, like even when we were dating, um, I have several first cousins who are adopted. And so it's something we always knew we wanted to do. We kind of assumed we would, you know, maybe have one or two or three biological children and then, you know, get an adopted child after that. And so since that was something that was already in our heart, I felt like um, God was just really pressing on us to get moving with the process. So we just kind of did a complete 180 and threw ourselves into the adoption process, all the paperwork, everything like that. Um, and then Henry was born December 28th, 2014, so that same year. And um, he came home with us on February 24th in 2015. So. so tell us a little bit about your story. We really started trying, like really, really trying to get pregnant and similar story to theirs, you know, nothing's happening. So I think it was like it, four or five years in, we probably went to the doctor to get it checked out, wouldn't you say? Yeah. And uh, both got checked out. Um, they said, we don't see anything glaring that's wrong, but you know, we'll try a bunch of you know, different things. And so I was on hormones for you know, a year and nothing happened there. And then um, to make a long story a little shorter, we um, did two full rounds of um, artificial insemination. We tried that, that didn't work. And then we did three full rounds of IVF. And so through those three different cycles, they implanted 
five embryos and none of them took, none of the cycles. And the challenge for us is that um, each time they would say, oh, they look like great embryos. It doesn't look like we can see anything wrong. You know, yeah. they were, they were always hope. careful. To, yeah. They were careful and they told us that. We don't want to give you false yeah. hope, but things look good. And yeah. you know, oh, this would be so great. And, um, but it never happened. It never, ever happened. And um, it was disappointing, you it, know, just going, going through all that stuff. Yeah, because this happened over the know. course of, so I started at four years. So um, we didn't actually have our daughter until we celebrated our 15 year wedding anniversary, the year that she was born. Um, so on October, um, well, I have to give the little story. I worked at a law firm at the time, and I was encouraging one of the attorneys who had had a failed IVF. And I was just encouraging her and saying, you know what, it doesn't make sense, but God's got a plan one way or another. I just, he's brought me to a place that either he's gonna give us a child naturally, or he's gonna give us a child through in vitro, or he's gonna give us a child through adoption. One way or another, yeah. he's gonna take care of us, and I trust that, you know. And so I jokingly said, like me, for example, right now, I haven't, you know, I've missed my cycle. It's been three weeks, and I haven't even thought of pregnancy because I'm so used to getting a no. And so she looked at me, and her eyes got big, and she said, have you taken a pregnancy test? And I said, no, no, I'm not pregnant. I know my body, please. I've been doing this for 14 years. I'm not pregnant. And uh, she was like, you might want to take a pregnancy test. And I said, no, well, you know. So she made me promise her by that Saturday <laughs> that I would take a pregnancy test. <clears throat> Long story short, I took the pregnancy test. Daisy. Baby Daisy. And there's yeah. Daisy. So, a little miracle. Yeah. Yeah, so you touched on the emotion of the disappointment and uh, all of that. Um, Zach and Tina, I know you guys have been through that. I mean, not only with not getting pregnant, but then adoption has a lot of waiting, too. So share a little bit about some of that journey. You know, um, when you have your heart set on becoming a parent, it's it's all consuming. You know, it, it seeps into every corner of your life. And I mean, like I said, Earlier, the first month that we tried to get pregnant, I cried that we weren't pregnant. The first month, you know, and we, I had no idea we had this whole journey because it's just, it's so important, you know. In my mind, I knew that my number one job and goal in life was to be a mom. And so um, it's heartbreaking when it looks like, is this, is this maybe not gonna happen for us? And I remember at different points in the journey just thinking like, God, Right? You know, why Why is this not working out for us? You know, and everyone around us is just pregnant like that, you I know? I mean, it, it got to the point where she had a sixth sense where, like, a friend would call her, like, hey, let's have coffee tomorrow. Well, someone's pregnant. And they, you know, they would just be kind of like him hawing around. Because they and would she all would just say, so bad, you, you know? Yeah, so, absolutely. whatever, you and know, Jennifer, friends, are you pregnant? And yeah. she'd say yes. Our friends you know. and family loved us so much, and they knew what we were going through, and so they almost felt, like, guilty having to tell us that Whoa. they were pregnant, too. Yeah. We, we were, yeah, we no, were, I, we I remember were, when Rachel called me we and was like, hey, I've been waiting to yeah, tell you this. You, you know how much it means yeah, to you. Yeah, absolutely. And we know that that was all in love. Um, I think the... I mean, I was kind of skipping ahead a little bit, but the funny thing about that also is, like, the day that we, well, the week that we brought Henry home, Tommy and Lauren flew home from California that weekend, and Lauren was pregnant with Olivia. Yeah. So we brought Henry home, perfect. and Lauren's like, surprise! Yeah. You know, so glad that worked out. Well, guess she what? told us recently, she said, well, if that didn't work out, I was just never going to tell you until the baby was born. So. Um, you know, one thing I would say is, uh, even through the disappointment with God, I never felt like 
he wasn't gonna work it out in the end. I, I feel very blessed that I, I always trusted that he had a better plan than I did and that we were gonna be parents. I felt like that was a promise that he made to us early on. You are going to be parents. I didn't know what that was gonna look like or when it was gonna come or who that child was gonna be. Um, but there were times where I would wrestle with that, like, God, I know you have this plan and I know your ways are perfect, um, but like, why me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why is this your plan for me? Um, and that was at times really hard to understand. The adoption process is not easy. It's a little bit easier to look back on it mm-hmm. once it's done and be like, and we did yes. this and we did mm-hmm. this and yes. here's Henry. Um, but when you're going through it, um, it's challenging. Yeah. You know, and expensive. Expensive. It's so expensive. Um, and there's frustration in that too as you watch people keep getting pregnant and you're like, well, I'm on my way to do my 30th hour of coursework to learn how to be a parent. And yeah, even though you I, already have one. And yeah. I'm saving money for this adoption. And um, so there, there, there is an opportunity for some bitterness to creep in in that. Um, more just at the situation though. Not, for me, that wasn't directed at God. It was more just kind of like a righteous indignation about, yeah. like why, 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 why does it have to be this why way? Me? And why me? Why Legit. me? Legit. Yeah. Well, you guys just touched on the disappointment, uh, the emotion, but you know, share more about that and probably an emotional roller coaster. Hope it's so many years. It was so many years, and you know, for us, it was like you get to a point where you get lazy and you're tired of trying, and you know, you just well, want to live what, your life. Hang on a second. Wait a minute. What? <laughs> <laughs> Not me. <laughs> no. Not <with> <laughs> Talk to me. Anyways. I mean, the doctor said to do it, right? I mean, the doctor's. That's right. That's that's right. He's a medical professional. Yeah, you gotta listen to the professional. That's right. That's right. He's a professional. Right. Let's, let me just say, it's, it's, you, you wanna get to a place of not having it consume you. Yes. You wanna just be comfortable Mm -hmm. and live your Mm -hmm. life and enjoy, enjoy your partner. Yeah. I used to torture myself and watch a baby story on TLC. And I would usually Aww. do it. No, I would usually do it on days when I was like sick, so I was already down. So I would just sit in my house and like boo-hoo and cry. Aww. And I would be so thankful. It was a way for me to be, truly be thankful for other people that were able to experience that. But it also would stir up quite a bit of emotion. So I remember after watching those one time that I just prayed a really honest prayer to the Lord. And I just said like, I trust you and I love you and I get it. And if you don't give us a kid, I get it. I still trust you. I'm still going to trust you. And even if he does not, even if he does not. And I remember the first time, um, the first time I was waiting for a vitro, they were, they did two. um, wow, it's weird to go back. They did. Yeah, they did two. They implanted two embryos and they were very encouraging with us. And um, they said, you might have twins. You know, wouldn't that be something, you know? And I remember sitting on the couch. My mom was sitting on the, across from me. And I said, Mom, I would feel so loved by God if I was pregnant with twins. And as soon as that came out of my mouth, I, I felt the Lord say to me, I couldn't love you more. I gave my son to die for you. There's nothing else I can do for you. So my love for you and your love for me can't be contingent upon what we do for each other. I gave you my life. And I remember being like, okay. (laughs) Like, I got it, I got it. And that was probably my first real like, 
okay, I'm really going to trust the Lord with this. But to go back to what I was saying about the prayer, um, it was after that baby story that I just prayed and I was just heartbroken and I just begged God. I just said, my feelings are just, you hurt my feelings. Like, I'm just hurt. I'm just sad. I want a baby. We want a child. And um, we, we were not in a position to adopt at that time and everything that would go into it. We both, we were both just busy with, you know, we just, our brains were so crammed with this consuming our lives for so long that, uh, you know, it, we were just overwhelmed by it. So I, I said that honest prayer to the Lord. And then I, that was kind of like my just release. I was, that was just my final, like, your will be done. It's easy to get mixed up in your head that like, if you had this one thing, then you would have complete happiness or complete satisfaction. You know, if we could just get pregnant, if we could just have this baby, then everything in our lives would be perfect. And I feel like God is just saying, I know you want this baby, but what your heart is really craving is, is more of me. And I'm right here with you through yeah. all of it. For singles, it might be a mate yeah, or for sure. people, money, but nothing's gonna cut it but God. And these babies, we have our wonderful gifts and blessings, but it's not like the day they showed up in our lives, everything was totally perfect, you know? And so, but I would say on the other side of it, my relationship with God looks dramatically different than it did when we started this process. And that's, I think, you know, he doesn't cause infertility. Um, He doesn't cause us to, you know, have these problems. He doesn't like it. I, I know he grieves with us when we have those losses, but, I think he's going to use that opportunity to to draw closer, to to step into the furnace right with us and, you know, be there and be faithful to us. So can you all just give a word of encouragement for anybody out there who's just disappointed with God right now in their life? I mean, what what could you say to them to encourage them today? Let's let's start with you, Deb. Um, I, I I would just say to, in looking back, I would say point your disappointment towards evil and not towards God because the reason we have disappointments yeah. in this life is because our world's broken and sin entered in and everything has fallen apart since then and that's something God has helped me to realize is that that's not this isn't how he wants it he told us be fruitful multiply and I think that he he, he won't let you down you have anything to add to that I agree yeah for me it was you know um just years, 14 years of prayer, um, people praying for us. Oh, tons of Debbie people praying. I, get people praying yeah, for you. Yeah, get that people is huge. praying. I mean, um, God's word says that he He knows the desires of our hearts. And, and I feel that he knew that for Debbie and I. And, you know, I don't know the answers for everybody's situation, but I do know this in, in his timing, um, he just decided to bless our socks off, you know, with a little peanut daisy. Um, in his timing, he decided to bless you guys with an adopted little beautiful little dude. You know, we have friends in our small group that went through the same thing you guys did, and, and they were able to adopt a little son. And he's a good, good God. He knows your desires, and he comes through. What about what about you guys? What could you say to encourage people out there? I've been reading in the book of Samuel this week about Hannah just like crying out with her soul to the Lord and that's what it feels like. Um, in our process, um, once we knew we were matched and Henry, um, we, we had been picked to be Henry's parents, um, we had a match meeting with his birth parents and 
um, after that, they said, you know, do you want to meet him? And we had that wonderful moment of meeting him. Um, and then two days later, the paper still hadn't been signed. And um, our counselor, she came in and she sat with me and she said, there's a few red flags here. I just want you to know so that you can think about um, protecting yourself. And um, most people go home and it's okay if you don't want to see the baby again until you're sure. So like I called the nursery at the, the cradle, the agency that we adopted him from, and I was just like, how's he doing? You know, and they're like, oh, he pooped three times. And, like, whatever. <laughs> All the details. All the details, right? What else is he doing? He's an infant. And I, I hung up the phone and I just sobbed. And in that moment, now that I'm looking back, it was obvious that I could, that God was speaking to me because I, I collected myself. I walked in the room and I said, Tina, if he's not our son and we can't bring him home, it's going to suck. So whether we sit here and cry and do whatever for the next however long it takes to find out whether we're gonna to get to bring him home or not, it's not gonna be fun. But we can go back and we can give this child one-on-one -on -one attention for however long we can, they're gonna let us. Because if we bring him home, we're, that's gonna be some of the best times. And we're gonna be so great, it is. We look back on that week, even though it was such uncertainty, um, as just such a joyful time, yeah. but we got the opportunity to be Jesus to this little baby who we didn't even know for sure. Yeah was ours and um, I think God spoke into Zach because I was closed. I was yeah. done. I can't let myself be hurt and he knew that Zach would be the way that got me there and he said we have to go. Yeah. So we went every day until. Yeah, I, so, I, so I think, you know, my encouragement is like when, when you're in it, when you're in the stuff, you know, whatever it is, whether it's infertility or it's can't, you know, anything that you, people go through, don't forget to listen because God can speak to you even when you don't think he will. Through your partner, you know? through through yeah. someone else in your life, you never know how he's going yeah. to talk to don't, you. Don't be discouraged because God's there whether you think he's there or not. Well, let's talk about disappointment with God. Tim and I have three daughters. Here's a picture of our family here. We pretty much had them when we wanted to have them. And honestly, our girls were great. They chose great husbands. And we now have three amazing grandchildren. But don't think for a minute that just because this part of our life went right or is going right, that everything else is right and perfect. That we haven't also had disappointment with God. That we haven't cried out to God and made bargains with God when we wanted something else to happen. I've been through this myself very recently. And just to set the record straight, men, when your wife is disappointed about something, um, the correct answer is not, oh baby, I'm so sorry life isn't working out for you, but aren't I enough? <laughs> if, if you were the solution for her problems, you would probably know it by now, okay? <laughs> well, the rest of the story is that Hannah has her baby, Samuel, and when he's four or five, she goes back to the temple and takes him to Eli and says this, 
I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life, he will be given over to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. Hannah got her baby, but the deal she had made with God was that he was going to live and be raised away from their home in the temple. And that wasn't exactly going to be easy either. Sometimes God answers our prayers and it turns out that what we were asking for is going to be much harder than we thought. But God is with us and he has a plan. Little could Hannah imagine that her son-to-be would someday become the man who would just bring the nation of Israel into a new era, that he would one day anoint David as Israel's greatest king in their history. Her sight did not extend that far, but her faith did. So how did it turn out? Well, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. So, but one night, the Lord broke his silence. And who did he break it to? But Samuel. And so later on, we read in the verses, the Lord was with Samuel as he grew up and he let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel recognized that Samuel was a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear and he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. Why did God break the silence? Well, we don't really know but I have an idea that a, that a faithful mother of prayer is the reason. Teddy Roosevelt said, an ounce of mother is worth a pound of clergy. Moms, your job is so important, but it's hard. But God is with you and it will go very, very fast. In fact, our oldest daughter, Rachel, turns 30 on Monday, tomorrow, and here's a picture of me holding her and her holding her newborn baby. You won't believe, parents, how fast the time will go. I am so glad that Richie and Debbie and Zach and Tina were so honest about their struggles. I know some of you are in that place today, that you are in an angry, doubting place where you're asking God, why aren't you doing this? Haven't I done everything I can? What is it that I'm not doing, God? And you are mad and hurt at God for not answering your cries and pleas. We are here with you and for you. All of you women and moms, we are here for you. We refuse to give you pat answers about this because Jesus didn't give pat answers. Do you want to talk about disappointment with God? Does this phrase sound familiar to you? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
That was spoken by Jesus on the cross. It wasn't doubt, it wasn't unbelief, it was pain. There is so much left to happen that you and I can't see yet, and we have to trust God. Maria Goff in her book, That's Love Lives Here, said, God allows difficult times to show his presence through it. It's as if he reminds each of us that the most beautiful waterfalls happen in the steepest places of our lives. As we come to this time of communion, I want you to remember that Jesus was the ultimate high priest for us because he could empathize and identify with our pain and our hurts and our disappointment. As the communion trays come by, take out both cups, they're stacked, there's juice in the bottom and bread in the top and just hold them and we will take them together. And all believers in Jesus are welcome to partake with us. It's not our table, it is Jesus's. Let's pray together. Jesus, we are so humbled and grateful that you went to the cross for us. I can't imagine, but I am so thankful for the grace that you've displayed in my life and, and for other mothers here. We thank you for your love. Thank you that you understand our hurts and pains and disappointments, God. We love you so much. In your name I pray. Amen.